0: Come alive, come alive in my body,
1: Dreamer, come alive. Come hey, this alive is Molly Patrick, and body. you are listening to episode 34 of the Clean Food Dirty Girl podcast. Bounch, bam, bounce. All right. So I'm going to be really honest. That transition there from when I introduce myself and tell you the podcast number to what comes next is always very awkward for me. And I'm not sure quite what to say at that point. Like I introduce myself, the episode number, and then there's this little pause. And it's always like, I feel like there should be something I should say something there. Um, one of my favorite podcasts, WTF, it's Mark Marin's podcast. I'm kind of a comedy junkie. If you didn't know that about me. He does a really good thing when, when he transitions and he's like, what's up, what the fuckers, what the fuck buddies, what the fucking ears, what the, he goes through all of that. And now I know like why he does that. Cause it's, you need something there. Like you need a thing there. You need a transition there, but I don't, I don't know what my thing is yet. So I'm just going to keep being a little awkward during that transition. <laughs> But you're not here with me because I'm super smooth and cool, are you? No. I know. I know. We can just be awkward together. <laughs> All right. Today, I am... There's another one. Like, introducing the next thing. How? See, I have that in conversations, too. Like, when I'm in a socializing kind of situation, and the two... Like, you have, you're talking to somebody maybe you don't know really well... And you maybe strike up a conversation and you have some things to say. And and then there's kind of that silence. And then you're both not sure what to say. And then sometimes you kind of both say something at the same time. And then it's like, who goes first? And sometimes it's like the thing that I say isn't even that great. But I'm just saying it because I don't want there to be that weird silence. (laughs) So I'm trying to embrace the silence more a little bit. I've been working on that. Um, But it is a problem. It is a real struggle for me, I got to say. All right. Let's see how well I can transition into this next bit. So today I am uh, sharing with you a talk that I had with someone from our community named Megan, and this talk actually was published on our blog back in 2020. Um, and I like to revisit some of these and 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 share them on the podcast because I've had so many amazing talks with so many people, and these talks are kind of timeless and. There's always like when I go back to these talks, there's always so many nuggets of information that I think are really helpful to people who are maybe just starting out eating plant based or maybe they've eaten this way for a long time, but there's just good little nuggets of information. And so I really enjoy going back to these and I will do more of them at some point. But in the meantime, I'm going to just keep picking the best ones and then adding them here to the podcast and doing intros for them, because I think that they are really worth worth revisiting. So in this talk, oh, there was a lot of things that were really, really juicy. And in all of these talks that I do with people, by the way, are not scripted. I don't have an idea of where the conversation is going to go. It's not like a traditional uh, like interview necessarily it's just me having a chat with people who eat plants and so you you just never know like i never know where it's going to go but it always ends up going places where it's just good it's just juicy and good and there's lots of i don't know there's lots of reminders about why eating this way is so amazing right and um and so there were a lot of those moments with Megan and a few of them i wanted to kind of highlight before the before i lead into this next bit and i'm sure what, what will be a very awkward transition <laughs> is uh, she talked about cheese and when she she didn't go plant based for like uh, any health reasons but she went into it for more like prevention preventative reasons. So she wants to give her body the best chance of being really healthy for as long as she can. So that's kind of her, her angle going into this. And she was all on, she was on board, but she really was nervous about giving up cheese, which I totally get. Lots of people are, but we talked, we kind of dug into that a little bit and how that was a bit of a struggle for her and how she kind of navigated that. And now how she says like the thought of cheese is always kind of somewhere back there, but it's like really far back in the background that I don't think about it every day. And, and so I, I got that. I liked that. I thought that she explained it really well. And let's see, we also talked about the, the fact that she used to think that she couldn't stand cauliflower. And then she tried one of our cauliflower recipes from our from our meal plans, and it totally changed her mind. She was like, wait, maybe I do like cauliflower. Like, what else do I think I don't like and I actually do like? I just haven't had it made in a way that was super delicious. And that was a great reminder because so often we have this idea of the things that we like and the things that we don't like, and really it's kind of bullshit because Okay. For example, if you've only ever had like canned beets, for example, like I could make you something with beets. You wouldn't even know they were in it or you wouldn't even care because it was so good. Right. There are people who oftentimes like, oh, I I just cannot stand tofu. It's like, well, actually you might be wrong about that. Maybe you just haven't tried tofu done in a way that was worthy of your love. Maybe you had tofu that was very bland because some people have no idea what to do with tofu and just, you know, put it on the grill with no seasonings or anything, right? Um, so that was a really cool thing to kind of talk to her about that. She had this idea that she hated cauliflower and then she made this cauliflower dish and she was like, "Whoa, okay. And then now like she loves cauliflower. So I think it's a good reminder for people who are sort of not you know, kind of have a a vegetable and aversion to vegetables, I guess, is to like, whether it's a kid or a spouse or yourself, right? Give yourself a shot and try, try them in different ways. If you haven't tried our recipes yet, you just got to right? all there's links in the show notes to find our free recipes on the blog or sign up for our, um, for plant fueled life where there's tons of meal plans and recipes that you won't find anywhere else. But try, or even if it's not our recipes, right? And I know that it's kind of frustrating sometimes when you're like, okay, I'm going to try out tofu. And then you go online and you try to find a tofu recipe that's, like, tasty. So, you know, it takes some trial and error sometimes. That's why I tell people just sign up for our stuff because all of our shit is good. And all of our members um, review our recipes so you can find recipes that, you know, the ones that have really really a ton of five-star reviews. It's rare that we get reviews that are less than five stars on our recipes and meal plans, which is always crazy for me to see. But the point is, if you don't, if you're trying to eat more plants and you just think that you don't like them and you're never going to enjoy broccoli, for example, um, there's there's hope. There's a chance. You just got to try it in the right way. and And maybe you just haven't, prepared it yet in a way that's really exciting for you. So, but it is, it is totally possible. And then there's some things that you're like, no, I straight up don't like it. Like sometimes people are like, no, cilantro tastes like soap. I'm never going to like it. Even though I did see a review, we have a recipe that's, uh, it's a, it's brown rice and then a bunch of herbs. So it's like cilantro, lime zest, um, some green onion, some onion powder, garlic powder, some black pepper, a sprinkle of salt. And somebody said that they didn't, they don't like cilantro, but they love that recipe. So even then you just never know, you just never know. So keep trying, keep at it until you find the recipes that really resonate with you and that you find delicious. Uh, We also talked about the fact that her period has gotten a lot easier and better since she has transitioned to a whole food plant-based diet which is not surprising because this way of eating is fantastic for balancing your hormones, all kinds of hormones, whether, um, yeah, so really good. And if you listen to, um, past episodes, let's see, it was the one that I did with Dr. Neil Barnard, all about hormones. It was episode 27. That was a really interesting one. If you're having some hormone issues or kind of want to want to balance out your hormones with lifestyle, listen to that episode. That was amazing. So we hit on that. And then, yeah, we also talked about the fact that, um, she didn't really go into this for, like I said, a specific health reason. She just wanted to go into this so that she could, um, be as healthy as she could, basically, and and prevent as many health issues for from coming up as she could, which makes a lot of sense because most people, I mean, most people in our community and a lot of people, right, that I've talked to, they make this switch and this transition when something can, has kind of gone wrong in their body. And like, there is no wrong or right time or reason for doing this at all. But I have noticed that a lot of people do this when there's a problem already, and then they're kind of trying to reverse it and get healthy and and make that problem better. Whereas Megan was going into this from the, from the, um, kind of angle of, Hey, I don't want anything to go wrong. I mean, not to say that things won't, we're human, shit happens, we get older and stuff definitely does happen, but she wanted to give her body the best chance possible for you know, lifestyle related uh, issues to come up. And then we kind of talked about, well, you go, in, you, know, you go into eating this way for whatever reason, right? But what you find is it's kind of like a domino effect and all of the things that change as a result of eating this way are really cool. And you can go into it for one reason. And then six months later, you're like, Oh, well, this was an effect that I had no, you know, this, this happened that I had no idea would, would happen from this change. And it's a total added bonus. Like for her, I think it was her cramps, right. And her irregular periods, like she wasn't going into this, expecting her periods to get easier, but that's one thing that happened as a result of transitioning. And I see that a lot. Some people want to get off like medication and they're able to get off medication, but they also then like, lose some weight or they also notice that their inflammation is gone or their allergies are gone or they just feel happier or their sleep is improved. And it's just these little like things and they're not little things. Like These are all actually um, like really big things, amazing things, um, but they're unexpected things. So you can go into this for one reason. And then all these unexpected little bonuses happen along the way, uh, along the way. So that's really cool too. And we, we kind of get into that. So we get into a lot and it was a great talk. I love chatting with her and I hope that you enjoy it. Okay. We'll see you on the other side. Cue weird, awkward transition here. <laughs> I just want to hear a little bit about you and where you're from, what led you to this way of eating. Tell me all the things. All right. Like how far back do you want to go here? (laughs) Well, let's see. When did you transition to a whole food plant-based diet or
0: start eating a lot more plants? Um, Last February. So February, 2020, right before
1: COVID hit. (laughs) Oh, interesting. I've been talking to a lot of people who, when COVID hit, made this transition. And so what was it for you? Like why, why then? So um my husband has a t- identical twin brother
0: and he lost his battle with pancreatic cancer in January of 2020. Mm-hmm. And that really threw him for a loop because I mean they're identical so they share all of the same genetics obviously. And um we just kind of came back from that whole experience like we need to do something different. Like clearly we're not as healthy as we could be and it, you know we're still not perfect by any stretch of the imagination but um he decided he did some research he was talking to. I think it was his boss at work and his boss's daughter was vegan. And he said, you need to watch this documentary. So he did. And then he's like, that's it. I'm going vegan. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, wait a minute. Like, I'm all about giving up meat. That's kind of been in the back of my head for the last couple of years. Every couple of months, I'm like, I'm just going to stop eating meat because I wasn't a huge meat eater in the first place. But I'm like, I am not giving up cheese. Like literally up until about a week before we decided to do this. I'm like, I'll give up all the things, but I'm not giving up cheese. (laughs) it's cheese (laughs) and totally and he's like just watch the documentary and so I did and then I watched another one and another one and I'm like well this is dumb why are we eating like this we're changing everything and so what
1: documentary did you start with
0: um game change the game changers oh it's such a good one okay and And then then we we, did forks over knives and we did what the hell and I can't even remember those were the three big ones that kind of like flipped the switch in my brain Mm -hmm. and I'm just one of those people where once I decide I'm doing it I'm doing it. And Mm -hmm. so I went all in and I spent hours and hours scouring the internet. You know, what can I learn about this? What else, you know, how do we even start? And then I just kind of stumbled across your website and like, okay, this seems drastic. Like the meal plans and doing all. And I was always a meal planner. Like I would sit down every Sunday and we'd plan our meals for the week. And so like that concept wasn't so weird to me, but I'm like, I don't know about all this. Mm -hmm. So then I just kind of lurked for a while. And um, finally, I'm just like, well, we'll try this. And I didn't even tell him I was doing all of this. I was just kind of like looking at it in the background. And we started very slow, you know, just a few picked up a couple of vegan cookbooks. And, you know, but there's so much conflicting information about there, you know, use coconut oil, don't use coconut oil, do this, don't do that. And so it was just a whole lot of trial and error. And then we just kind of once, honestly, once we found Clean Food Dirty Girl, it was smooth sailing from there. It's just so it's so much easier to just have it all planned out for you and know that if you do the plans that you're getting all of the things that you need. And, you know, we still are learning and trying new things, but it's it was all basically for health reasons. We're like if we if there's any chance that we can reduce our chances of getting cancer or Mm -hmm. some horrible disease by eating more plants, why would we not do this? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My, I love it. Yeah. My mom was diagnosed with breast cancer at 40. I lost three of my four grandparents to cancer. So it's all, you know, it's always been kind of top of mind. Mm-hmm. Like, I know this is a real risk. So if this is something reasonably easy that I can do, why would I not?
1: Yeah. And so Yeah. And I always think about like, what's the downside, right? Exactly. Like it's not, And a lot, it's funny because a lot of people get really overwhelmed. And like you, it's like, it's a lot of new information coming in. It's a lot of new ingredients and a new, it's a whole new way of eating. And that can be really intimidating for people and it can feel really drastic, but like it's the, um, yeah, the downside to it, like
0: it really isn't it, right? I spend a little bit more time in the kitchen maybe, but probably Mm. if I add up all the time I was spending every night. You know, just putting together a regular meal. I'm probably really not. It's just all chunked into one span of time. But it is definitely, you know, people were talking during the pandemic and all the weight they were gaining and all the terrible things that they were eating and we lost weight. Like, yeah. and neither one of us even really needed to, I guess. But it was just mm-hmm. when you drastically cut out all of that process stuff, then it's just a natural result, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's almost like a side effect. It's like, it's like prescription drugs have like these, some sets of side effects that aren't so good. And like changing the way you're eating has another side effect. And oftentimes they're very like, you know, desirable, like you drop some weight and you feel better. So, um, how did your, like, so you and your husband, he's on board with it. Like during the, it was his idea. It's his idea. It was completely his idea. And while it was happening, he was like, cool with it. He was open to trying new things. He was like, you guys more are so than i was together okay yep
0: more so than i was because like i said i was like i can do all of this but i don't want to give up cheese like that was my big thing i the rest of it i really couldn't have cared less about like i was never a big meat eater i was never a big egg eater but cheese isn't everything like you don't even realize where cheese is until you're trying to avoid it so but he, yeah he yeah. was 100 percent on board with everything like he said you like i said yeah we're gonna do this and then i just in head first and mm. haven't looked back
1: <laughs> okay, so how is the cheese thing because that i I get it i I was yeah I was intimidated to to give up cheese as well um so I'm curious to see how that like is it was it easier than you thought do you miss it like what's your cheese story today <laughs> my cheese story uh, my
0: best cheese story is I like I completely avoided it, but I still thought about it like you know you just want to slice a greasy pizza and the stuff that you grow up eating when you grow up eating a standard American diet mm-hmm. and so there was one day I'm like, I'm having a cheese day. Like, I'm going to eat all the cheese. Love and it. I had cream cheese for breakfast. I had a quesadilla <laughs> for lunch. I had the greasiest, cheesiest cheese pizza for dinner. We ate raw cookie dough, like the whole nine yards. I'm like, that's not cheese. But I'm like, as long as I've killed today, I'm going all in. And, and then I spent two hours in the bathroom. And I'm like, this was a terrible, terrible idea. Why did I eat all the cheese? Mm -hmm. And so after that, I mean, I've still had a little bit of cheese here and there, but after that, like a lot of that desire to eat all the cheese went away after I realized how violently my body reacted to it when I ate so much of it in one sitting.
1: Yeah. And (laughs) had you, had it been a while since you had cheese before that, like cheese, like a (laughs) (laughs) a couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? It's funny because, um, I've heard similar things and when the body goes without, it's almost like, It's kind of, it's easier for the body, right? Because cheese is a really hard thing for the body to to process. And then you have it and it's like, whoa, I don't remember feeling like this when I used to eat it. It's almost like the body kind of adapts to it. Um,
0: And that's one of the things that I found so interesting is that like, I'm not one of those people, I didn't have any chronic diseases that I'm aware of. I mean, who knows what's going on inside, but you know, I was never overweight. I never struggled with weight. Um, You know, I've never really had any major health issues but I thought it was totally normal to feel completely bloated and uncomfortable and miserable at the end of every day. Like that's just how I felt. Like I I, I used to say, if I could just poke a hole in my stomach and let it all out, I would feel so much better. And then as soon as we stopped eating all that junk, rarely do I feel that way anymore. So it's the little things like that you don't really realize are not normal Mm. until you don't experience them anymore.
1: Yeah. I've heard that so many times as well. (laughs) It's like, we think that we think that that's normal. Like to just kind of feel a little bit yeah. shitty all the time. <laughs>
0: yeah, or a lot shitty in some cases.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're literally, right? Um, and then the only way we know... That, it's, that it can be a different way is to experience. Cause I think a lot of people, they just accept that because they're mm-hmm. just used to it. And it's like, this is just how it is. And really, and that's, Oh, that's like one of the things that fires me up about like doing what I do, because I always wanted to show people like there's, there's a different way. Like just try it, you know, yes. maybe it won't be for you. Like maybe you try it and you're like, this sucks. I hate it. Okay, fine. But just try it and see how your body feels because and give it, it doesn't give have it to a feel month. bad. Right. You have to give
0: it time to get the yucky crap out of your body before you know what you're supposed to feel like.
1: Yeah. A month, six weeks, like, you know, that's enough time for your body to kind of start regaining some balance.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: So one last question about the cheese. Do you think about it now? Like, is it in your mind now?
0: It's like, (laughs)
1: well, (laughs) now I'm thinking about it, but
0: sometimes not. But, you know, like we were at my parents' house last weekend and my brother was in town and I hadn't seen him since before covid hit and so they ordered pizza so i'm like you know what i'm just gonna eat the pizza because it's easier than going through the whole thing and eat the pizza and then i felt guilty for eating the pizza but i'm like you know what it's one day start over tomorrow (laughs) so like when i'm faced with it i think about it but in my everyday life it's
1: maybe a tiny little murmur in the background every once in a while So it's but, not as bad. It, would you say it's not as bad as you anticipated it to be when you were kind of thinking about it in the beginning?
0: Absolutely not. Especially once you find things that kind of give you that same sense of satisfaction. And mm-hmm. you know, so many of the things that we eat now, I would not have touched with a ten foot pole a year and a half ago. Like, oh, like
1: what? Let's talk about those things.
0: <laughs> like I, rem- most of what I eat now. Like I remember the meal that changed my mind about all of this. It was, I think, it was from to go. It was the Thai cauliflower with peanut sauce. I'm like, all right, I don't like Thai food. I don't like cauliflower and I don't like peanut sauce. And that was one of the best meals I remember having from like the first six months of all of this. So I'm like, wait a minute, if I can like the, and now I get see cauliflower mm. on a menu. I'm like, oh yeah, cauliflower. Who the hell am I? Like, mm. I don't eat that stuff. Um, and I used to think I was allergic to nuts or at least had a sensitivity to nuts because every time I ate them, I would get bloated and uncomfortable. Now I eat them all the time and I feel fine. So I'm trying to think what else I've started eating. Most of the vegetables, Mm -hmm. like I grew up eating canned green beans and corn. I was probably well into my 20s before I would eat anything other than like an iceberg lettuce salad with gobs of, you know, blue cheese dressing on it. And And that I stopped eating when I was pregnant with my daughter because, you know, they say you're not supposed to. And then I just kind of never redeveloped a taste for it. Like even when I went back to eating you know, all the stuff you're not supposed to eat when you're pregnant. I just didn't want to eat that anymore. But like we had um, whatever Friday's meal is from this new meal plan for dinner last night, the salad with the roasted veggies and Mm -hmm. the dusty Italian dressing. And I'm like, I would have not put kale in anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have not put roasted hot vegetables with tofu on top of a salad. And it was and mixed all the cold things and the hot things. And that was one of the things that was hardest for me at the beginning was hot food should be hot and cold food should be cold. Mm -hmm. So mixing that all together. But like last night, I'm like, oh, I'm out of tofu. I was like sad that there was no more tofu left in my salad. And I didn't, I wouldn't have eaten that. Like, So all my, of this was like super
1: like out of your comfort zone.
0: Yeah. Like last summer, I think we went to a Japanese steakhouse. We were up in Massachusetts visiting my husband's brother and his family. And we were at a Japanese steakhouse. And I had already been getting the vegetarian versions of that stuff because the meat always upset my stomach. And so my niece is vegetarian. And so she had gotten the tofu. And I'm like, can I just try a piece? Cause have never had it before. And I'm like, it doesn't taste bad. It's just a weird texture. Like, but I've learned how to cook it so that we like it. So that it's the texture that we like. And now we get excited when we have tofu on things, which is such a crazy concept to me.
1: Yeah. For most people it <laughs> is. And it's like when people go out to eat, to get tofu, unless it's in a restaurant who really knows how to cook tofu, it's like most restaurants don't do it justice. And so people no. think that this is how, It's done. So it's just not good. But people, if people had our tofu, they would change their mind about that.
0: (laughs) I remember the first time I had the Italian sausage, I can't remember what it's called Mm -hmm. exactly, but on pizza. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm eating sausage, like Mm -hmm. real sausage. Because the flavors are all there and the textures there, the spices,
1: the fennel, and you know, like all this, the you know, and yeah, grinding fennel up in a mortar and pestle, like, is the most satisfying thing to me ever. You know, um, using those spices, it it makes a big difference because that's where all the flavor of food comes in, right? Like, it's not necessarily the meat or even the oil; it's all of the spices and the alliums and all the you know, delicious um, and the combination of putting it
0: all together. And I said to my husband, "I'm like, this is." I've always been the person that dumped a crap ton of salt on everything because mm. I just liked salt. I think I've maybe added salt to two meals since we started the meal plan. Like you just don't need it. Yeah. That depth of flavor is, it's amazing. Like it, Things that you would have never thought to put together come out all just like, can I just have more? It's yeah. Yeah. So good. So super
1: satisfying, like more satisfying. I mean, for me, it's more satisfying than any, like, I mean, I've never eaten meat in my life, but I was vegetarian and ate a lot of like cheese and eggs and stuff. And this way of eating for me is more satisfying than any food that I've, that I ever had before this, like, and it's at this deeper level, right? Yeah. Especially since you don't feel terrible after you eat it. Oh, yeah. We're <laughs> tired, right? That's yes. the other thing. Like people think that feeling tired after a big meal is the norm. And it's like, it's, you know, getting that kind of like slump after you eat is sort of like just what goes along with eating. And it's like, no, it doesn't. Like you can feel really energized after you eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. So what did you think? Like when you first did your grocery shopping, right? Since you weren't used to like using a lot of spices and a lot of these ingredients, What was your first couple of experiences at the grocery store like when you were like following the um, ingredient list that we give you? Like, were you overwhelmed?
0: A little bit. Like my husband's always had an obsession with spices. I don't know why, but like he loves to go to spice stores and buy spices. So some of the more common ones we actually had just because he liked to collect spices. Like we used to joke that we were going to get him a a fanny pack with little spots for his spices when he used to grill all the time (laughs) but i one of the first things was nutritional yeast we're like what in the heck is nutritional yeast and we bought a tiny little bag of it from the bulk section at whole foods the first time we went We're like we're never going to use this like what what is this even now we buy it in you know the big giant canisters and we're lucky if it lasts a month yeah so and there's definitely been a few things that i'm like well i've heard of that but I've never used it. Like I had never used before. It's, it's interesting though,
1: because it's like, you were open to it. Like you were ready for yeah. it. You were wanting to do it. And so you were able to like find a way to like make it work. And I find that true. Like it, it that adds up when people aren't quite ready for it and they're not totally like open to it. They'll find ways that it's hard. And then when you're ready for it, you'll find <laughs> ways to make it work. And I think that kind of like, I kind of want to go back to the cauliflower thing. Cause I thought what you said was really interesting about like, y- you believed that you didn't like cauliflower. Mm-hmm. Like that was, I don't even honestly that you know had. that I'd ever had it. I just assumed that I didn't like, or I'd had it raw. I did try it raw okay. and I knew I didn't like it raw. I don't, I don't like it raw either. So
0: (laughs) I still don't like it raw. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, cauliflower cooked is much better, but you had this, but your, your brain made this story that like, well, I just don't like it. And Mm -hmm. you tried it once that was yummy. And then it just like, okay, well maybe there's other things that I do like. And so I think when you do that, you kind of blow your own mind, right? Because you're changing like a whole belief that you've had Mm -hmm. for probably a really long time. And I think that's what this process is. Like you're constantly like changing how you see food, how you, how you view food, how you, um, what you believe about food, how you experience (laughs) food. Like it's this whole shift in like in the dynamic around food. And it's like changing the relationship with food almost. Absolutely, It's really interesting to go through that process and to kind of, blow your own mind and to be like, Oh, maybe I was wrong about that. Maybe I can do this, you
0: know? And it's so it's it's been very interesting, because I'm definitely one of those people where until I'm ready to hear it, I'm not going to hear a word you have to say, like, I know this about myself. And I think a lot of people are the same way. And I'll, you know, talk about the changes that we've made. And it's the normal responses. Well, where do you get your protein? And well, what do you eat about what do you do about this? And what do you do about that? And and I found, a. I was cleaning out the pantry and I found a gigantic thing of olive oil that had never been opened. And I'm like, if anybody want this, we don't use it anymore. And they're like, well, what do you mean you don't use it? Like, how do you cook? And I remember thinking that like when I would first got on the Facebook page and everybody was talking about it, I'm like, well, how, like, how does stuff not stick to the pan? How do you cook without oil? And then I was doing the dishes one night and I'm like, I couldn't get the oil off the pan. And I'm like, if I'm scrubbing at this with a brush and soap that's supposed to cut through the grease, what is this doing to my insides? Like, if it's doing this to the pan, it's doing this to my insides. This can't be good. And I think it was the next week you came out with your how I cook without oil video. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I can do that. But until like that connection got made in my head of if it's not good for my pan, how is it good for my body? Like, sure. even though I'd seen the, you know, the documentaries and all
1: that stuff, but yeah. just until it clicked. And, yeah, and that's, oh, I love that you said that because that's the difference between like watching a documentary and like following the people on Instagram and reading cookbooks and then actually doing it because mm-hmm. you don't get the full experience until you actually like go and try it because things are going to click like things that you already know are going to click in a different way. And then mm-hmm. you're gonna be like, oh, okay, I really get it. It's not just an intellectual <laughs> understanding of it. Exactly. Like the, you know, where the, where the rubber hits the road. So that's interesting. And I, I used to feel the same way about oil. I'm like, I felt it was almost a feeling of, um, like feel like cooking naked, like not mm-hmm. literally with no clothes, right. but like my, <laughs> my cooking was naked without it. Right. And I always kind of was like, wow, people really do that without oil. Like what? Like I didn't get it either. And I really didn't believe that it was going to be as yummy. And when I started playing around with it, I was like, oh, snap, like, this is just as good. (laughs) Like, you really don't need it. And I, like, I haven't bought all and, you know, good olive oil is kind of expensive. So that was like a very, like a wonderful thing that I didn't buy anymore um, for my grocery bill. And I never think about oil. It's like, huh? Yeah, I used to use that. Right.
0: (laughs) Well, then you don't realize how prevalent of a flavor it is until you get takeout or something. And it's, There's Mm -hmm. so much oil that it's the predominant flavor and you're not Mm -hmm. even really tasting the food. You're just tasting the oil
1: and feeling it like feeling it on your mouth too. It feels almost like, um, out of place. It does. Yep. That's a good description. Yeah. Interesting. And I know like, so for people who are going to watch this video and they're like, wow, I just can't even imagine like trying this. It sounds so strange. Like what advice would you give them or what, what would you say to them to kind of like help ease their worries about this?
0: I don't even know. Like, you just have to try it. Like, just try it once. And when I gave the olive oil away, somebody said, well, what do you cook with? And I said, water. And they're like, well, what do you mean water? I said, well, think about if you're cooking something and you pour some wine in there to deglaze the pan. It's the same idea. You're getting all the stuck up bits off of it, but without all of the extra empty calories. It works just the same. Yeah. Like it's So just try it once. If you can't get over it and you can't do it, then don't do it. Keep using oil. But just try it once or twice and see that it really does work.
1: Yeah, and I think like just not making it a big deal. Like I think people like overthink things so much that it's like don't just like our brain can always offer us very you know a lot of a lot of unhelpful suggestions,
0: <laughs> right? So and I'm I an talking.
1: overthinker. I'm mm. a classic overthinker. So okay, so if you can do this, like right, anybody <laughs> can do this, right? So yes. um, tell me a little bit about like so after you transitioned and you were in this for a few months. Was there any like did you feel different Did your husband feel different at all? Did you did you Could you tell a noticeable shift had happened?
0: I think the biggest thing is just not feeling terrible all the time after I ate that was the biggest difference that I felt Which is Um, huge. Yeah, it really is. Um, the other thing and I don't know if it's related or if it's a coincidence, but um Like my cycles have been all over the place my entire life. Like I went through years of infertility I was diagnosed with PCOS when I was well into my 30s, probably late 30s, early 40s, after I was done having kids and all that stuff. And everything was always off the charts, but I didn't have any of the stereotypical symptoms, so nobody believed me. And then finally, I got a doctor that actually looked at my blood work with an open mind and was like, well, yeah, you have all the plastic symptoms. And I went from being literally, I would have anywhere from a 25 day cycle to a 150 day cycle. Most of them were like in the 30 to 35 range, but I was never one of those, you know, every 28 day kind of girls and miserable cramps, like just horrible. Everything about my cycle every month is horrible. And I've got, I've been almost every 28, 29, 29 days, like clockwork, despite the fact that I'm in perimenopause. Um, like they're not as painful, they're not as heavy, like they're shorter, like all of these crazy things that have happened that I never once even associated with diet. Like what? What do you mean? The fact that I'm eating all this stuff is making my body do crazy things. That's one of the bigger things that I've noticed that has affected my like, not daily because it's not daily, but monthly life at least. That yeah, all of these things that used to make me so miserable are just not even a thing anymore.
1: Wow. That's been awesome. crazy. Yeah. It's like this yeah. bonus, right? That you don't even think like yeah. oh, that's the other thing. And I, totally true. I did a really interesting um, interview on the blog with Dr. Neil Barnard and we, he talks a lot about hormones and um, hormone imbalance and so true. And I've talked to a lot of women with the same thing. Like I don't have as bad of cramps anymore. Like I, my cycle is more regular. It's just not a thing. So that's, that is in line with a lot of what I've read and heard. Um, really interesting. I mean, I, I also experienced that. My cramps used to be like horrible, horrible. And it was really, I mean,